You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Scott Casper, PJ Duran back in his seat in studio. And of course, Tony Wink as well. This is an Evergreen Podcast production. Check out all of Evergreen Podcasts online evergreenpodcast.com great life and very creative production values you're gonna love it evergreen podcast productions let's go to the news real quick uh results from arlington and it was a big one cooper webb ken roxon marvin muskin one two three the 450 supercross results 250 east Austin Fortner, remember we talked about him. Justin Cooper and uh, Chase Sexton, one, two, three there. Any surprises for you, Tony Wayne? Well, the obvious surprise is going to be Cooper Webb coming from behind. I thought, oh, my God, last corner. Dude, I, that and was I, what a race. No way. I thought he, I was like, okay, you know, maybe get up to third, you know, and he got the third, boom, went to second. And then, holy cow, he's going to run rocks and down. Nobody does that. And so. And not only that, but it was the last turn. It was the a last, statement move. The Andy. last six inches, and that's he beat him by less than six inches. It was an awesome. It was finish. an awesome race. I mean, the whole the whole race was amazing. Uh, Roxon, you could tell he was a little bit uh, wounded there in the after race. Uh, you oh. know, he was not okay with leading all the way to. <laughs> there's the flag. You got it. You got to give it to Roxon though. The kid it's has a heck of a race. He has. Come back from from Amazing. everything we said. We all said he's done. No, Whether we, we said it on the air or we said it, whatever. Nobody comes back from that. And then to come back and be patient enough to to be the points leader and not have won a race, like you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Amazing. He's still he's still building. Um, he's, still he's becoming. He's becoming. It looks like the odds on. But hats off to Cooper Webb. He's also fast fast i know cooper webb he's at the baker factory i know he's working his tail off it's showing it's you can see it but how how pissed and how hard is Roxon working out this year this 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 week between now and detroit yeah i mean because he's, he's right there yeah well, and, you're right there with him dude you are working out what are you down 42 pounds something like that you look Probably good, not Tony. working as hard as Ken Roxon. You're going no, to be turning some heads in the pits, i got to tell you. Yeah. And how about Tomac, the other story of the race? God, I just, you know, unfortunate. He was yes. he was on the gas and then gone. And, you know, uh, Jordan Smith and, and Forkner had a great race in the 250 class. And, you know, I think Forkner made a statement this week. I think he really did. I think he, he showed that he's... He has a red number plate, and there's a reason why, because he's he is the best right now. All right, let's go to uh, P.J. Duran for more breaking news. P.J.? Well, there's not been a whole heck of a lot going on other than we've had some announcements in the flat track world. KTM, uh, as we discussed off-air before, has announced uh, 
they're going to have Shayna Texture on their team, so we're kind of stoked to be seeing that this coming season. As we know, she's That's incredibly huge, incredibly fast. Yeah. Uh, she'll be riding in the singles class for KTM. Yeah, her and Dan nice. Bromley are going to be yep. on that the Red Bull F- KTM Factor AFT team. Shayna needs to step up her tw- her uh, TT performance. Her Peoria. <laughs> if she gets TT, all she needs to do is improve. Maybe she doesn't have to win one. But she needs to be able to not be make lapped. the main vent, yes. make the main, and be in the top five. I mean, put in a couple top fives, and she's a title contender. Right. All right, guys. First guest of this particular program. Glad you're all with us. Uh, by the way, we will be enjoying hot, delicious pie five pizza. Steve's on his way with hot, delicious pizza for all of us in studio our producers on the program as always jack and leanne de leon thank you very much our contributors include chris bishop and tommy boy halverson let's go to our first guest josh hayes is a name that uh, well you've heard on our program now some 38 times and uh, there's a reason for that because we love him he's a great guest what are you laughing for josh and and he's won so many titles it's impossible not to talk to him well yeah he's four ama superbike championships in his career as if he was trying 61 ama superbike wins um and let's take you back to last year uh he took on a new role as an ambassador and coach for the yamaha factory race team he joins us now josh how are you i'm doing good how are you guys Doing real good. It's a little chilly up here in our neck of the woods, but other than that, we're doing all right. We're getting covered in snow. We're having a San Diego version of cold. It's not getting in the 60s today. It's going to stay in the 50s. And the world's <laughs> smallest violins begin to play you know for what, you, though? sir. When you're, when you're in San Diego and it's 50 degrees, it's cold. I'm, I'm winter when, coat in San Diego if it's 50. I don't know about that. Well, that makes out. one of us because I'm. That's one of us. You're cold all the time. I'm Tony. always cold. Yeah. Hey, my you, life's pretty good. I need something to complain about. Yeah, it's, it's tough, ain't it? You've got racing on the future. Yeah, I got racing on the brain a little bit right now. And wow, congratulations uh, for your performance over at the Island Classic Australia. Yeah. Uh, way to way to come out and uh, show them how it's done in your rookie uh, year at the at that event. <laughs> Man, it was so much fun. Jason Pridmore, you know, he's been kind of pushing on me to do something like this for a while. And him and Jake Zimke gave me a call and were like, man, I really think you need to do this. You're going to enjoy it more than you think. And and I did, quite honestly. I mean, the, the track is amazing. There's no question about it. But I tell you what, it was fun to be, though classics don't really get my blood pumping, you know, classic motorcycles. They were before my era. I had fun riding it. And I tell you, the fact that no one there was there to make money, this wasn't about business, it wasn't about budgets, it was passionate people about motorsports, spending money to go do this amazing event and have a ton of fun doing it. And so it's just a, the group of people is, it, it, the enthusiasm was infectious and I just had a great time. I was glad I was able to perform. I felt terrible for Jason to have the luck that he had falling down. And I wanted to do well for him because he did talk me into coming over there. And he kept saying, man, I think we can do good. I think we can do good. So Dave Crussell, the guy who kind of was the captain for the American team and for my group of small group of motorcycles that contributed to it was the Mojo Yamaha group. Uh, he was professional and fantastic in every way. And uh, everybody's so fired up about it. Right now, we're still talking about next year. We're, we're all real amped up and really trying to put some pieces together so that we can show up next year and and take it to another level 
That's awesome. And you're riding it. What's an 83 Yamaha FJ like? I mean, that's... Well, it's custom framed. So, first of all, let's give the disclaimers. It's an air-cooled 12, 13, 1400. I don't know what the rules are. It's it's a a Harris chassis uh, built around a FJ 1100 that those guys punched out to a 1250, I believe. No, 1150. 1250, something like it. It was big. 1250. Yeah, you don't rev them super hard. It was a bit different for me, not having a lot of RPM to work with there. But the bike did surprise me. It wheelied a couple of times. The five-speed transmission. I haven't ridden a five-speed transmission since my first couple years of racing when I rode a GSXR 1100. So there was uh, quite a bit to take in and learn. Actually, the racetrack itself, what you watch on TV, it was pretty true to that. Like I, I kind of envisioned how the track would feel by watching races around that racetrack. And when you got there, it kind of, it kind of played true to that. So, uh, visually it all seemed to fit. And so I think that's what helped me get up to speed and, and, you know, put in some good performances over the weekend. How was the wind? You know, it's, I think that maybe is time of year dependent. It just seems like whenever World Supers or MotoGP's there, the wind is insane. Was it the same way for you guys? We did have a day that we did have some particularly high winds, but it was funny because the wind started blowing out to sea. So it was blowing a tailwind down the front straightaway, and it was really, really hot. And, and it was actually, we had problems with, with the bikes air-cooled bikes struggling with that with the heat and that hot air coming off the off inland and then once the wind turned around the first breeze that came off the ocean in the afternoon you felt it it was so much cooler and then it actually got to be really nice for the day but you know those bikes they're they're not as slim as the bikes that we ride these days so she was still planted pretty good it really didn't bother me too much on track Gotcha, yeah, because it just seems like when you watch them, I mean, guys that are talk about them, I'm sure you've watched the same stuff I've watched over the years. I mean, really fast guys make mention of the wind really changes things if it's blowing in a certain direction as far as cornering and stability. So I'm, I'm glad that wasn't such a factor on the, the monster bike think, you were riding. Yeah, a few corners. Uh, you know, in particular, I would say uh, uh, Stoner Corner, turn, was it turn three? Um, that turn, you know, being flat out on those old bikes, I can't imagine a super bike exactly how fast it would go through there, but definitely wind would play a a part of that as the speeds get higher. And, you know, I I was riding with a little bit of margin for error on both sides. And when you're, when you're full tilt on a super bike racing against the best in the world, there's no margin or a GP bike, there's no margin for error. You're riding with every inch of everything you've got. And, uh, so that would be a little bit different story with that wind. Stoner corners. Does it smell kind of skunky on that in that corner? Or? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be Casey, the world champ stoner. Oh, world champ if stoner. Knows, people go a little slower once they go around the corner. <laughs> Everybody's really friendly, though, and hungry. Mass, or excuse me, <laughs> visors up. I think that's why it was closest to the ocean, was to keep the wind moving around there pretty good. <laughs> Josh Hayes is our guest and four-time superbike champion, and uh, now... Uh, one race for Island Classic. We're talking about that on his 83 Yamaha FJ 1250. Um, you had a front row seat for your uh, fellow Team USA member, Jason Pridmore's crash. You had to do some some pretty heads up riding to avoid the carnage. Talk about that, man. That that uh, I mean, you mentioned it, but that uh, you went on to win and finish on the podium. But uh, he had a it was a bummer for him. Yeah, it was a big impact for sure, and uh, 
you know, Jason, Jason had been kind of on point all weekend and he was riding well and things were clicking. And I think, uh, you know, I got off to a pretty good start and, uh, I was pretty happy to be kind of station keeping with Jason, uh, rolling in to start our third lap. We were finishing up the second lap and, and I felt like I could see some of the thought bubbles on Jason and what was going on behind him, you know, he was our our bike was particularly good with a tight line in the last turn, and so I thought, okay, he's he he was really good through the hairpin MG, and then we went through the ne- the next left. I had lost just a bike length or two, and I was trying to make it up, so I was a wheel track outside of him, and he was holding a particularly tight line, trying to tend to line up the guys in front of him for a move that he was comfortable with. And actually, Jason and I were just discussing it. Not sure if it's just a racing incident; he was just going for it, and the thing snapped on him quick, or potentially you know, a little bit of debris on the racetrack right in that area, but it caught him out regardless. He had a big fall. I think that he probably broke his leg on the initial impact because it was a pretty hard one. And, uh, unfortunately it caught up, you know, I, I was able to get the bike, you know, upright and react quick enough. Alex Phyllis was right behind me. And then unfortunately Bo Beaton, his, his view was blocked. All he saw was Alex and I check up. And by the time he realized what was going on, he was heading out to the gravel. And then Jason's bike came right in front of me and picked him up right next to me. So both of those guys ended up taking a significant hit. And uh, it was, uh, you know, that kind of takes you back to the days of old when you've seen some bad things happen and you've got to go back out there and grit up and race again. But this time we weren't getting paid to do it. So it was a little bit, uh, a little bit you know, somber. But uh, I, I went out and managed to finish up, you know, that six-lap race with a podium finish. And then immediately went to the, to, uh, the medical room and got to, to see Jason and talk to him. And, I, and it was actually pretty funny. I think he had bumped his head, too. But uh, I don't think he remembered it until so, we talked about it later. When I walked in, I kind of said, dude, dude, you all right? And the first thing out of his mouth was, man, my golf swing is screwed. So. <laughs> <laughs> big concerns. Big concerns. Yeah. That is that is awesome. And it, so... Who puts this on? Is this not Troy Corser? Is it Troy Corser that's kind of the driving force no, behind this? I, no, I believe it's the track that actually puts on this Phillip Island Classic race. And, uh, you know, it's been uh, Australia versus the Kiwis versus uh, the Brits versus America. And uh, I guess this year the, the British team decided not to come. And uh, we were able to boost our team a little bit. And uh, we... You know, for my first time being involved, I think these guys have been doing it for a long time, but there was definitely a few. We were we were on the right track. There are a few lessons learned, and we think that we can go back and uh, make more of a race of it again. But I believe it's put on by the track, and I know that they're wanting to expand this. There's really not a, another class. The only place otherwise that I believe they run these motorcycles in particular is at the Isle of Man. And now they're talking about expanding it out to maybe a race in New Zealand, maybe even the Barber Vintage Festival, which would be awesome. Oh my gosh, you would have that. Have you been to Vintage Fest down there at Barber? It's insane. I have not, but I've heard that it is their biggest. Event. It is by far uh, their biggest the event. Base. I've been to it. It's insane. I've been going to Moto America, formerly AMA Pro, at Barber since the day they opened. Uh, I haven't missed. You a, have been loyal. I have not missed a single professional American Superbike race at Barber Motorsports, and Vintage Fest blew my doors off. I was like, "Wow, why can't we get this many people at?" Uh, and it's to your point. I think very similar to that Island Classic. People aren't there trying to make money. They're trying. They're trying to race, and you get a fun. lot of guys showing up, having a good time. Check out how cool my bike and rig are, and let's go race them. 
Nice. You know, another thing is this that that's a generation of people that grew up around motorcycles. And in our current generation is more of an indoors crowd right now. And uh, we're not getting new customers on motorcycles. So that's hurting us a little bit on the modern stuff. And so these classics are really pushing. And now, of course, you get hipsters doing hooligan bikes and these bobbers and all these other little custom-made classic bikes. So it's kind of a rejuvenating thing right now, and it's, and it's going strong. And, you know, I never thought I would be involved in classic racing. I just, I honestly can never say I thought that it would be happening. But I really enjoyed myself, and if I can take part in that Barber Vintage Festival this year, you know, it's definitely a possibility that I, I could be around that event. Does that mean you're old, Josh? No. I, I don't think so. There was a lot of young guys there racing old bikes. <laughs> Question to be answered next month in Daytona, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. You know, I, I felt a little bit nostalgic and like the guy of old uh, in the fourth race at Phillip Island. I was able to get a good start. I had a 1.6 second gap on the first lap and was able to kind of clear off and ride by myself and put on a good performance. And I go, man, this feels so good. I remember this. And I came home talking about it a lot, so... It's awesome. Well, if you, if you think you're good, maybe I'll hire you to ride my bike for the 200. So that, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how. What's that pay? Kind of started. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know. I have to ask her how much she's getting. Hey, wh- who's your crew down there? Oh <laughs> uh, well, that's a good question. I mean, this is this is Melissa's program and her team. So fortunately, I can tell you this. So you know, we. Uh, we started putting this deal together. We kind of announced it out there that we were going to do it. And it's been humbling the amount of support that people have uh, started reaching out and wanting to get involved. And uh, a lot of that has been some old friends from different crews that want to come and, and potentially help crew and do pit stops. Oh, how cool is that? From that perspective. So um, there are a lot of guys that have reached out. We're trying to figure out the scheduling on a few and, uh, We'll kind of see how it plays out, but it's a little difficult because of the timing for some people. But uh, we've had, you know, quite a few guys hanging around. Even Chad Coast has been here staying at the house with Bobby Fong a little bit. And after he's finished racing AFP on Thursday, he might stick around and help crew on our bike a little bit on Friday, Saturday. Got a few old crew members that, uh, you know, have been members of crews when I did the 200 before reach out and want to be involved. And, some of it were just it not, a lot of it's not finalized. We're still uh, putting some pieces together. We've been fortunate. Yamaha kind of got behind us, and a few other people have reached out and said, "Hey, man, what do you guys need?" And uh, so things are starting to come together. When's the last time you rode that track? Uh, I mean, what was the last time a superbike race was there? Two thousand. That's a, quite a while ago. Yeah, yeah, quite a while so, ago. I mean, I mean, you know, the one thing is the track itself is a fairly simple racetrack. There's really not much to it. And I have a lot of years of experience there. I've actually ridden there quite a bit. I'm excited about the prospect of riding it on a 600. I did not enjoy it on a superbike. I'm looking forward to this. And Tony and I were talking about it beforehand. Tony, I would lo- I so would love to go down and watch this race. There's just so many guys that are going to be in this race that... You know, yeah, it's, more and more signing up. I know, and it, I just—it feels like it's going to be an epic year of the 200. There's a lot of talent out there, and uh, we're so glad you're running it. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, man, Melissa's—you uh, know—she's putting a good deal together. I know she runs a tight ship. I've seen it for a few years, <laughs> and hopefully, uh, with this, we can put add some legitimacy to it. 
and uh, maybe she'll be able to put together a program that's going to run for the whole Moto America season. That'd be very cool. Nice. Good job out of you, bud. Not with me riding it. Not with me riding it. Josh, always good talking with you, man. Appreciate you jumping on and joining us. Thanks for having me. There we go. Uh, Josh heads to the pits. Coming up, uh, we have uh, Landon or Lendon Smith, pardon me, and Greg White scheduled. Hour number two, Richie Morris, Cole Townsend, and a little open time for us in the studio to chat it up. And uh, some pri- uh, uh, what do we got? Some surprise pizza coming in from Pie Five Pizza out of uh, Ankeny, Iowa. But I believe there are some other locations. We'll be talking to that guy here in a little bit. Steve will be joining us with some hot, delicious pizza. Stick around. More after this. This is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Hey, this is Flamin' Sammy Halbert of Halbert Brothers Racing, a flat track racer, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four-stroke. Strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Dual VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT-approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow-rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Hey, Moto fans, we do our best to keep you in touch with what we're doing through our website, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Well, now you can listen to Pit Pass Radio on your handheld device anytime with the all-new Pit Pass app for Android or iPhones. Go to your app store now and download the new app, Pit Pass, at no charge. Yes, we have an app for that. It's the all-new Pit Pass app. Get it today. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 1460 KXNO. Passionate about riding motorcycles off-road and on? Well, visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa, and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple-to-ride electric start TW200 to the nimble, lightweight XT250 to the racing-derived performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Don't drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the DeLeon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The DeLeons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the DeLeons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack DeLeon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. This is Tomas Puerta from Medellin, Colombia, and you are on Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back to the show. It is Pit Pass, over 14 years of Radio Excellence. Appreciate you guys listening in. And uh, if you're just joining us through the... um 
Evergreen Podcast System. We appreciate that as well. Let them know you love what we do, and we'd uh, we would tr- you know what if you'd like to be in touch with us and uh, suggest guests, uh, we respond well. So look for us on Facebook and all the social media avenues. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Wiseco. Wiseco Performance Products with a full line of forged products, including pistons, clutch baskets, hubs, crankshafts, connecting rods, valves, and a lot more. If they make it, you know you need it. And it's one name, one solution. Ask for it at a dealer near you. Visit wiseco.com. Let's go to our next guest, Tony. This is a guy that, uh, well, obviously has been up and down the dial uh, as far as TV goes. New podcast out there, doing very well. Greg White rejoins the program. Greg, how are you? I'm good. How you guys doing? Good, man. It's good to talk to you. Great to see your name on the uh, on the guest list for this episode. Yeah, Thank for you. having me on again. It's been a long time. It's it been, been a while, yeah. yeah. How's the podcast world? Uh, interesting. Very interesting. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm learning. It's a new space for me, and you know, I the only thing I really know how to do is, is produce it like a television show. So, yeah, I spend probably 30 hours a week preparing it and uh, doing it and editing it and posting it and promoting it. So it's, that's about 28 more than we spent on this one. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's easily 28 wow. And a half. He, for and a half. for a, for a new guy, you're really making us old hands look pretty bad at it. <laughs> Well, no, just, be, just because just because I have no clue what I'm doing, so I'm just throwing everything at it. But oh, here's, well, here's we've never part. let that even slow us down, much less stop us. And there is a difference. <laughs> the best part about for me is we treat each one of our shows like a radio show first, and then we podcast the same. But yeah, I think I think yeah. listeners are in tune to that. Viewers obviously are as well for television. I think a podcast is just an extension of. And uh, so we're championing, uh, we are championing your cause. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, the way I look at it is it's radio on demand. And, yeah. you know, what, what you guys do, 14 years, is, is, is so unique. And I don't pretend to, to be a radio, you know, expert at all. So I'm just trying to blend those. Neither do we. That, was gonna say, <laughs> that makes all of us <laughs> Not on, a the, clue. on the air now. Yeah. <laughs> are you still racing, uh, Greg? I know uh, as a, an amateur racer myself, uh, mm-hmm. I remember when you were uh, actively doing a fair bit of amateur racing. Is that unf- is that gone away? Or are you still actively putting yourself on the starting line? No, I, I, I haven't raced in a number of years. I mean, I, I kind of wrapped it up full-time because the television opportunity was there. That would have been um, 2001, I think, full-time. But then I had some really unique opportunities when I was hosting this old show that used to be on this old network called Speed. I loved it. It was called yeah, two wheel Tuesday back in the day. And so I had some opportunities to, to get some one off rides here or there. Um, you know, factory Yamaha R6 one weekend, uh, Ben Spees's stock 1000 oh. 2007 on the Yosh bike, that type of thing. Um, so I've had some very unique opportunities, but I haven't really raced in quite some time, but I still get to ride whenever I can. So it's great. Doing track days is where it's at for, uh, Guys who have passed the expiration date of effective young racer, let's say. Effective oh, young yeah. racers. Listen, my older brother, who is now a track day junkie, he did 53 track days last year. Whoa. Three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's full-blown junkie. That's yeah, he's and he's ready to go race. He's ready to just bite the bullet and go race. That's racing. expensive. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, you know, I know it's expensive, but he and his buddies get together and do it the right way. So, like, he is in Connecticut, and so they go to New York Safety Track, and he and his buddies got together, and they bought, like, a little, like, toter home deal, and they get to leave it up at the track, so they have a place to sleep. And oh, that, that makes life. 
That's so much I mean, better. So much better. Yeah. Not having to haul you every single race. There. You got it. Exactly. So through the community, he was able to kind of make it work a little bit better for him and, and his, uh, his girlfriend, who is, by the way, I just want to say that my older brother is 52 and his girlfriend is 24. So you, you just have to say that. But <laughs> you had to throw it out there. Time in memorial. I had to. I had to. Because she's cooler than he is at 24. But anyway, she rides as well. And so, you know, between that whole community, their friends and everything else, they make it work. Uh, and he, like you're saying, he's actually going to be racing some CCS races this year because he's, he's bitten by you know, because everybody says, oh, dude, you're a fast expert. You know, you're a fast expert. You should go racing. So I can't wait to laugh at him. I'm really looking <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it is the next step. If you really want to go faster, you have to race. You know this. Anyone who's raced, you know, track days are awesome and the, a whole lot of fun. But if you actually want to go faster, it takes lining yeah, up on a starting line. Yeah, but can be interesting. If, yeah. you, if you've never been in that situation, and maybe he has, Greg, but the first turn is always... Yeah. Yeah, deal. it's an yeah. eye-opener. It's yes. the same it's as motocross and everything right. else. You're 100% right. When, back in 2003, so I'd been out of racing, I think, full-time for like two years, and it was the last race of the season. Uh, at the time, Yamaha had four factory 600s they were racing, um, and they had a fifth bike they rolled out for me. It was leathers. It was a poster. It was this really great opportunity. And I remember I had just got back from racing this BMW Boxer Cup thing in um, Boston, and I was like, oh, I'm ready, I'm ready. But the thing that people don't realize is, is that it's the start that held me back, that aggressiveness, that willing to stick my neck out into turn number one. And so I found myself getting a good launch. And then when I got into turn one, I was like, eh, let me just let this guy go by. Eh, I'm going to let this guy go by. I got to work later on today. Yeah, you get freight really trained bad. real quick unless you're the guy who oh. says, I'm not letting anybody go by. Exactly, exactly. So I found myself from like, Letting the clutch out being a hero within a, a few hundred yards to be in zero. You know, shout out the pack. Well, Greg, we got career. we got some great news that Moto America Superbike is going to be on FS2 with you, right? Pridmore and yeah. Hannah Lopa. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we're really excited about that opportunity. The, the house, the, you know, the exposure, household exposure is great. Of course, you know, Fox was the owner of Speed Channel back in the day, so I'm very familiar with, with all the people that work there as well. And uh, Fox is you know, from what I hear, super excited about having Moto America, having road racing back on the network. That's great. Um, you know, hour and a half live coverage, you know, of, of Superbike or same day live coverage. So we do it live to tape no matter what. So we're really looking forward to that. Plus, there's so much. You guys, I mean, all the offerings that Moto America has this year, it's pretty incredible. From, you know, doing this one-hour lifestyle show that they're going to do on NBCSN and also all the live streaming that they're going to do behind a paywall um you know only 50 bucks to get practices qualifying races i mean it's, it's going to be a spectacular year and around the world no one has an excuse to miss moto america anymore <laughs> right on we're so stoked for it tony you had a question for the no, I just, it, it, there's there's going to be highlight there's a highlight show on nbc as well is that right yeah the, the show on nbcsn is going to be like a like a behind the scenes lifestyle type show um we haven't exactly sorted out what the what we call the rundown is going to be but we know it's going to be behind the scenes features uh more features on personalities that are in the sport as well as uh racing highlights that, that they're going to do and so that will be like one week delay one hour i believe on a saturday sunday it'll be on the weekend on nbcsn and so what you're doing is is you know fox sports 2 is in about 55 million homes nbcsn i believe is in 82 million don't quote me on that but that was kind of the last number that i saw so what you're doing is really just expanding the name, the personalities, and the sport.
sport itself out to that and the availability which is exactly yeah it's it's cute which is key yeah we know that some people struggled when it was on that other network for a couple (laughs) of years trying to find it so Mm-hmm. We're getting there. Moto America continues to do everything they they said they were going to do from day one. They've, I mean, uh, we all applaud their efforts. They continue right, right. to absolutely move the ball forward. So, can we talk a little bit of recent news? I want to get your spin, Greg, as I think you're uh, fully in tune with the racing world uh, in our Moto America series. What about Valentin De Beast? This is huge news to me. Uh, there's not really a lot of info out there. Do you have anything that you know that we don't know? Yeah, I know a lot of stuff that you guys don't know, and a lot of stuff, that <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. I will, I will say this: you're talking about the fact that Valentin is not in the series, that he's not riding. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he's been so incredibly good. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was a rising star. If you ask anyone who was paying attention oh. to our series last year, yep. I think, I think, really, if you look at it, Valentin, I believe, okay, and this is, you know, not. I didn't talk to Valentin about this directly or anyone from another team, but Valentin, uh, you know, kind of put his foot down, I guess you could say, and said, I'm, I'm done riding a 600. I want to be on a super bike. Wow. And, you know, one of those rides obviously was the Yost ride, and he got a test on that bike, and Josh Herring got a test on that bike, and Suzuki or Yost or both decided to go the direction that they went. And I think that, um, you know, when you, when you kind of say, like, I'm done with the 600, and the fact that he lives over in, you know, in France and has to commute back and forth, I think that kind of rules him out of a privateer team. Uh, you know, I'm just a guess. And it came at the 11th hour. I mean, it, he's a, I completely understand. That's really probably exactly what's happened. Yeah. So, I mean, people know that he's an unbelievable talent, but, you know, I have the entry list for the Moto America Superbike class, and if you look at it, it's so top-heavy. I mean, it really is. There are probably five, six, maybe even seven riders that have the possibility to win given talent and equipment. So, you know, those rides are coveted. And I think that with the talent we have, the extra possibly expense of a Valentin to bees and getting him to ride, I'm not sure what salary he was trying to demand or whatever. I just think that for this year, there's at this moment in time, there's no opportunity. Now we are still what five weeks away from the beginning of the series. We are anything could happen. Uh, exactly. And, you know, just as much as there were people bellyaching back in October, November about certain things uh, with Moto America, and all those things ended up being like, you know, they didn't really matter, you know, what people were complaining right, about right. because the TV package and so on. We just don't know. And um, Moto America is flexible if Valentin DeBees, you know, gets a ride and comes superbike racing, and you never know how it's going to work. Maybe his own program, maybe somebody, you know, decides to put him on a bike. I know he would be an absolute welcome addition to this paddock because he, you know, not is not only is Valentin to be fast, but the thing that I love most about him is the way he likes to race, much like Josh Aaron. There is mm. no give up in Valentin to be until the checkered flag flies, and he doesn't give quarter to anyone. He'll he'll put it in any little daylight that he can find, and I enjoy watching people race like that. And as do we, and he's been, I mean, incredibly. Uh vibrant talent in addition to our series it's wonderful that moto america has i think we all have to agree that you know we're having an international flavor to our national series that legitimizes it in my book and i think a lot of other people's book well in the quality of racing and then also of course the quantity of dollars attached to it doesn't that go up as that goes up so absolutely attention of the international community we want we want international people fighting to get to our series oh 100 percent, and that's really 
what started to happen in this offseason. You know, when you, you have to look at it and say, okay, if a privateer team like um, Attack Performance has a ride open and all of a sudden you have these international riders from, you know, former GP riders, world superbike riders that are interested, and there were a lot more names of people that were even reaching out to me that were interested in coming to the States and riding either that ride or another ride. Wow. Some, some names you guys recognize and you're sitting there going, okay, and then here we go again. <laughs> you know, they're not calling the British Superbike series. They're calling Moto America because people still want to come over here and they want to race and they want to experience the tracks. And I think with the way Moto America has done it, kind of avoiding those tracks that we would have to like sit out if it rained, you know, more safer homologated tracks as part of their strategy that goes a long way as well because if you're coming from a MotoGP or World Superbike and you have the luxury of racing on these tracks where you can ride when it's you know raining out and still be safe, that coming here and racing at a track that might be a little bit more dangerous like our super speedway tracks doesn't exist anymore, that, that also has an appeal, especially to older riders who want to come here, possibly win some money, put money back you know, in their pocket, take it back overseas with them, and right. you know, still walk away from racing. It's appealing. And there's also a very active political scene. They probably want to come over here stateside and see it up close and personal. I think that's the least. <laughs> oh, is that the least uh, of that it? That is the okay. lowest. Okay. It's yeah, a reason not, not to learn our language. Uh, it's a, literally yeah, is a reason to avoid learning English. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to take a left turn on that one. For sure. I, I got rid of uh, I got rid of uh, uh, face Facebook uh, three times this week so far. So. We don't speak English; <laughs> we speak American. Junkie out. Oh, here we go. I'm done with you. Yeah, it's like that's being a whopper. It's like going a Burger King thing. It's just a last whopper. I'm done with you, whopper. And then like two days later, like, that whopper was pretty good. So maybe I'll just give it one more. Time. And you're blocked. Okay. Um, anything else, uh, Gregory, before we, uh, we cut you loose, man, because I got to tell you, it's always good to hear from you, but, uh, the excitement in your voice is always really apparent and that's what turns our viewers and listeners on. Um, I really appreciate you having me on. I know time is short, but I think the thing really to take a look at too is, is you have some, you know, you have Jake Gagne on a BMW. That's going to be very exciting to watch Shy be racing, you know, in the Moto America Superbike class. Kyle Wyman, of course, is bringing Ducati back into the paddock. And so as you start to expand, you know, these manufacturers, that's also going to increase the exposure for the sport. So I, I think it's good. You know, there are rumors that Kawasaki is interested in coming back in 2020. There are rumors oh, wow. that Honda wants to come back with a, a factory team in 2020 in Moto America. So I would say, you know, this is going to be a very interesting and pivotal year. Mm-hmm. We know the racing is good. We know the rules package is good. But from an exposure standpoint, you know, with the Fox Sports 2, with the NBCSN, with the paywall, That's huge. I think it's going to be a very interesting year to regrow the sport. And, you know, I've been in it now. This is going to be my 22nd season, wow. like either racing or working as a television commentator. So I'm excited to feel like we're over the, the decline and starting back on, on increasing viewership and increasing uh, hopefully sponsor dollars and salary dollars for everyone involved. Well, you're the best looking guy in the pit with no hair. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> huh? What? The radio, man. I said it. I said it. I'm owning it. I tell you what. Uh, you're blocked. You're blocked. I'm blocked. Okay. Um, Pie five pizza owner, Steve Roberts is here. I don't know if you have a pie five in your neck of the woods, uh, Greg, but I wish I'm smelling this. Our producers have been in and out already. Others in the studio have already taken a slice. I went down to the door, did brought them into the building. Haven't gotten a thing yet. We're busy on air. Can yeah. we talk to Greg white? The, the pizza smells amazing. <laughs> Let me just go with the pizza question, okay, just to get you guys' opinions, okay? Okay, okay. 
full cheese where you can experience it, or do you just pile a bunch of crap on your pizza pie? Oh, no. No, you have to build it with love and care. Mm. Yeah, I do a lot of toppings. If you're asking number of toppings, I'm a big fan. The more, the merrier. I like hot and spicy. Okay, Ooh. so I'm, I'm a pepper flake guy, but I'm wow. also also in different different parts of the country. If I'm in New York City working at the garden or whatever, I'm getting a piece of walking pizza where you fold it and you're eating yep. it as you walk. That's that's key. Uh, Chicago got to go deep dish. I even have a deep dish pizza here. Not going to mention the name because they're not here and don't care. But um, <laughs> tonight I'm going to be the judge. This brand new pizza chain for us here, and uh, I just I reached out to him on Facebook and said, Hey, you know what? We can be great judges of your pizza i bet you anything from the smell we're gonna like it hey greg thank you so much brother we appreciate it we'll catch up with you soon best of print morning everybody okay all right we'll do thanks guys thanks buddy there we go hey the portion of our program that you are listening to is brought to you by our good friends at hicklin power sports and grimes iowa check them out friendly staff financing on site haircuts they got that too what yes and pair that up with Yamaha, Sea-Doo, Can-Am, Beta, KTM, Polaris, all under one roof. they got it going on. Our good friends at Hicklin Power Sports Grimes, Iowa. Look for them online, hicklinpowersports.com. Hey, this is Jeremy McGrath, and you're listening to Pit Pass Moto Racing Weekly. With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals wiseco america's motor racing talk show pit pass motor racing weekly comes your way each sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on des moines sports station 1460 kxno des moines sports station 1460 kxno the yamaha yzf r3 sport bike at hicklin power sports and grimes is the most exciting and affordable way ever to join the exclusive world of yamaha r series superbike performance It features a potent fuel-injected 321cc liquid-cooled parallel twin-engine for great acceleration, a slim, lightweight chassis for sporty, agile handling, a low seat height to get both your feet firmly on the ground for added confidence, plus legendary Yamaha Superbike styling guaranteed to turn heads, all at a super value. 
No wonder Cycle World calls it a bargain, and Revzilla hails it the new king of the hill when it comes to entry-level lightweight sport bikes. Visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes today to see the incredible Yamaha R3. And for more information, visit YamahaMotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. The point is good. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Like Swell Vodka on Facebook. Find Swell at fine stores that sell spirits. Hey, uh, this is Roger DeCosta, uh, team manager for Red Bull KTM. And uh, you guys uh, better listen to Pit Pass. Dang right. Hey, listen, um, you know, we don't do this often, but sometimes if I see something, and I saw it online. I, was it Facebook, Steve? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, turn your turn your little microphone button on down here. There you go. I think I got it. There, there we go. go. Um, was it on Facebook? Uh, yeah, I was on Facebook. I was doing a catering contest. Okay. Yep. And um, it's called Pie 5 Pizza. P-I-E 5 Pizza. And it's part of a, a franchise, but you own this this joint. Steve Roberts in the studio joining us. Thank you very much, Steve. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Mm. So what have I eaten so far? I had the deep dish. Yeah, so I brought in, uh, we do uh, different crust here. We got a, a pan crust, which is kind of like a deep dish. And then we got the hand-tossed traditional. And then we oh, got wow. a thin crust. So we got three different types of crust. But the, the main thing, too, is we also have uh, cauliflower crust and gluten-free crust. The cauliflower deal is kind of catching on, isn't uh, it? It's amazing. I sell probably 100 of them or so a day. Is I, that I, right? I'm over, I'm over 1,000 a month. Wow. I had no idea. That's crazy. Now, hang on. I got to stand. Pardon me, I just sneeze. Um, my buddy Van down the hall at WHO came up with a all cheese crust pizza. No, just cheese and whatever you put on it, and it sold rather well. But it's very labor and labor intensive, right? Right, right. Well, what's what's amazing about our crust is uh, it's pie five uh, cauliflower crust is our our recipe, so nobody else can get it. Uh, other people brought in cauliflower crust from different companies, and just it doesn't touch it. No, well, this obviously is handmade, written all over it. This is a great pizza, uh, and and I'm going to tell you the address, folks. It's on Oral Labor Road in Ankeny, Iowa, and there are other locations. This one we're talking about, but phone number to call five one five two eight nine zero four eight zero. You can order online as well. Go to uh, pie five pizza dot com. Somehow, it knows where you are. Okay, but the best part about it is, yes, they do deliver. You can also pick it up or go in there and grab it. Uh, they also offer catering, yeah? Yes, yeah, so I'm trying to get my catering out there. Um, I'm 22 years on the railroad. This is my first business ever. Uh, when we started this business, we were dead last. There's like 73 stores. We're last in marketing, last in sales. Uh, now we're number one in sales, number one in marketing. I That's think too I got bad. A Imagine if you tried. Imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah right. Right. I, I, I love what I do. I love people. I, I, I try to reach out to anybody and everybody I can. Well, you reached out Food's back good. to me. Yeah. And Tony, you, you had what? what? What pizza did you have or did you have wings? I think he's been been destroying my wings over here, I think. I ate the wings and I had the topping off of that pizza right there. It was really, really good. <laughs> I skipped the crust because I'm fat. And, and PJ, uh, what about you? Tony, don't, you're doing great, man. Stick yeah. with it. Yeah, you're, you're doing, doing good. We're gonna, you're going to quit calling you fat because I did. It's going to happen. Well, to his face anyway. Yeah, to my face anyway. Everybody's and yeah. Jack. I'm going to ask you. Uh, you are, are on um, staff, a pizza aficionado. Oh yes, I am. 
And you would then carry on the conversation. I know. Give me a second. Okay, He's got sorry. a mouthful Swallow of food. Swallow it. Okay. <laughs> Thank like, you, Tony. Like all of us, we're really um, enjoying this. I will tell you this. I am not a big fan of spice. Yeah. I grabbed one of the buffalo wings. Yeah. And I'm not... Usually when I go to a certain place that serves wings, I just take them plain. Yeah. It's spicy, but right. it's really, really good. So it evens out. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I had, I think, the chicken pizza, and that's really good. Okay, one more time, Steve, tell us the peaches you brought in before we uh, go to our next guest. I brought in a, uh, it's a High Five, one of our, our favorites, and then a Farmer's Market. The High Five is like an all-meat. Farmer's Market, it's all-meat with vegetables. And then I made my own uh, teriyaki chicken pizza. It's amazing. Uh, brought in some desserts here, some cinnamon sticks and wings, and um, we also do loaded Italian sandwiches. I tell you, somebody's going home with some pizza tonight. Absolutely, and I now know what I'll be getting when I go to my uh, in-laws in Ankeny on a regular what? basis. Well, I'm, I'm Ankeny Community Theater. That's my wife and my son. So Awesome. They, awesome. Uh, I've got to believe they're going to be ordering as well. Steve, thank you for, uh, for joining us, and I want you folks to know that this program is heard on Sunday mornings prior to 11 o'clock, so 8 to 10. Make this your plan for your Sunday lunch or Sunday dinner with your family. Uh, they are open on Sundays from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Again, it's Pie 5 Pizza, and it's uh, it's craft pizza done right. How about that? Yep. Uh, one more thing I'll throw in there. If you do want to try us out and you've never been in there, the best day to come in is on Mondays. Mondays are always Magic Mondays. Pizzas are 5.55 on Mondays. Shut so your you, mouth. Yep, 5.55. You can't beat it, man. I, I mean, seriously, Steve, that's a heck of a price, five fifty-five. All right, thank you very much, Steve. Uh, we'll go to our next guest. Tony, you take it from here. Lendon Smith is waiting in the wings. Yeah, so it's, uh, Lendon Smith is a guy I met down in Baja uh, a few years ago when we were doing the, the 500 with, with uh, PJ. You were there, actually, when I met Lendon. But uh, we we uh, the Seat Concepts is the brand and that he owns and started it, and the, the – uh, it's a must-have for long rides, and um, so I've got one on my 650, and it's narrow in the front. It's wide in the back, but that's not all they do. They also s- support Supercross teams. Blake Baggett's using their te- their their seat, as is Justin Bogle, Benny Bloss. Uh, I think it was Bogle that uh, looped out a, w- a couple races ago, and the seat actually stuck in the in the track. I don't know if you remember that, but it's hilarious. And not to him, but uh, to everybody else. And Lennon, that was Lennon's seat. So uh, I thought, hey, it'd be good timing to have Lennon on. And and uh, so he joins us now, Lennon Smith from Seat Concepts. Sorry about the wait, but it's uh, good to have you on. How are you? Uh, pretty good. I'm hungry now, though. But uh... <laughs> Sorry, we, we've worked it in, work, work food into our deal whenever we can. Yeah, we don't yeah. normally do that, but uh, no complaints on this side of the of the telephone buddy so sorry you're um, missing out either but uh, i'm gonna go track down a pizza when we get out when we're <laughs> down here so. how's business landon uh it's great man you know the economy is is really booming and uh, we really just can't make the seats fast enough um it's uh really blessed it's, i mean it's, it's been beyond my wildest imagination that we would grow this big but um you know we, we went from my garage to a 15,000-square-foot building in short of 10 years. So it's, it's just been a, a wild ride. Clearly, you've uh, you've built a product people want and apparently also needed. So are you, you said you can't build them fast enough. You're literally, are you at full capacity all the time, pretty much? Yeah. I mean, we, we keep expanding and hiring people 
and new machinery, this and that, and but the sales just we take two steps forward, and the sales hit us, and we're taking a step back. It's it's, it's really amazing. It's uh, it's you know I I don't even know what to say in speechless, but we're everybody at the shops is happy. We're going like gangbusters, and uh, we're we're just trying to get the seats out. But it's you know we want we build and ship close to three thousand seats a month. So it's a holy it's a smokes. Lot of work. <laughs> That's a lot yeah. of seats. Who's your primary market, if you don't mind my asking? I mean, are we talking weekend racers? Are we talking woods riders? Uh, and well, enduro guys. Enduro guys, and but we're our second. Our second biggest market would be off road racers because um, whether it be Baja, whether it be um, you know GNCCs, especially for for us older guys, we sit down more than we should and. Everybody likes a comfy seat, you know, so we're, we're gaining strides everywhere. And, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, I'm an old racer. I've been racing my whole life. I said, I want to make a product for, you know, maybe I, maybe I can get somebody on a Supercross to have it one day. And, you know, we did, and I, I'm, I'm just stoked. So now now we're starting, you know, we're on the radar for the, for the MX guy. So, it's, it's, you know, it's coming full circle for me. What's that like for you, um, being involved in a team at that level with, with Butler Brothers, with Forrest and, and his crew, with Blake Baggett, Benny Bloss, and now Justin Bogle? And, and I know you have other teams that you you work with, but at the level at that, they've got factory support through KTM, and then you've got you're with a team. Do they have any particular? I mean, do they have different compounds or different material that they ask for, or is it pretty much? Here's our seat, and they love it, and you don't have to adjust anything. Well, so the couple last couple seasons, um, we get together with them, you know, about three months before the season starts, and they, you know, they've got a short list of graphics they're going to go with different styles, and they ask us for input. So, you know, we design the we, the coloring of the seats for them, and they change them every year. And a, and a couple races throughout the year, we'll do special edition seat covers for them. Uh, particularly the one in San Diego, we always we try to go over and above for the military team seats because we're all huge fans of the military. And uh, so we're doing a special one for them for Daytona. And we do uh, we do make some work style foams. Uh, we're actually working on something that's very pre production that maybe. In about a year's time, we'll be able to sell it. But we have a, a new take on how to make a really lightweight seat foam, and the way else has done it like this before. So um, we're trying to get the bugs worked out of it so we can make them. The problem is making them fast enough that you can charge uh, a fair price for them. You know, because um, but we're working on it. Hopefully, we can get that out. But those guys use them; they love them. Uh, so. Yeah, it is great to work with them and for Forrest, you know, I'm I'm originally from Florida. Those guys are from Florida. We all have the same friends down there. And I, I would be lying if I didn't say, you know, knowing some people got you know, got got us hooked up with the team, but um, you know, we're trying to make the best of it and give them the best products that they can get anywhere, basically. Forrest has friends? What's that? You say Forrest Butler has friends? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean a few, I guess. You know. <laughs> I'm teasing. I haven't talked to him in a long time. Um, 
Lendon, do you, uh, you, you mentioned, uh, and it caught my ear, uh, that you do some special editions, mid-season stuff for, uh, be it the veterans, uh, special edition seat. Do you resell those? Or are those limited and only the, the team guys are going to get them? Or do you make, uh, for sale copies of those? Well, so some of them we do, some of them we can't. Like the military one, um, I have not found a gripper material that has, like, the camel patterns and stuff on it. Uh, you know, I'm actually looking into maybe just having a special mill run of the material made so I can sell them because, yeah, we get we get bombarded with, hey, I want I want to get one of the seeds, you know. but Everybody wants the factory guy's jersey, the exact <laughs> one he's wearing, and everybody wants factory guy's graphics. Isn't they that want, why he sponsored Team though, that's so you why can sell he, a ton of stuff? Exactly. That, Every guy's going to go, well, I already got the seat, but I need that cover. I got to have it. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we're, the guys are buying like the norm, you know, like they, they run a black one uh, seat with all white ribs and, you know, those are selling like crazy, but the special edition ones, yeah, people want those too. Uh, the other ones we have no problem doing them and it's just the military one is a problem and it's only because of that fabric, but we actually cut up uniforms to make those so they wouldn't be durable enough for you know a guy to get a, a few rides out of it but eventually rip because it's just not uh the proper material for uh, you know a, a motocross seat cover yeah you don't want to sell that you don't want your name on it so clearly yeah as you said you're you're investigating whether you can uh yes get um, material we do, like for the isde teams we've done special red white and blue covers and we uh if you go to the ama museum there's an isde display there and uh I think three of the four bikes have our special edition U.S. flag covers on those, and we absolutely can and do sell those. Um, you know, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a little bit of a mixed bag, but it's mainly because we don't want to sell something that's not going to hold up, and, you know, that that's never that's never good. You know? Lennon, when, when uh, you know, I talked about this, and that's how I know you, obviously, um, if anybody didn't catch that, we, we met in Baja, and... Uh, that was one of my first times. Well, I wouldn't say it's my first times down there, but it's my second time racing in Baja, and it went pretty well for our team. Um, it's caught, you know. I swore I, I, I told myself I wasn't going to do it again. I told everybody else I don't think I'll do that again. Okay, now I'm looking for something to do in the for the thousand this fall, and then I want to do it again. But um, it's addictive. It's a, it's addictive. So I guess will I see you down in Baja again? Is is my question. Um, you know what? Um, I'm. Unfortunately, right now the business is so busy. I'm just not riding like I should. I mean, I who knows? I might I might try to go down and race the one. Running out of time. How about this? You put seats on all the Tony's bikes and he'll wrap you. How about that? Yeah, I, we'll absolutely do that. I have forty bikes. Congratulations. Nice. <laughs> he does. He's a bit of a serious collector. All right, buddy. Thanks so much for taking the time. Okay. Sorry we uh, ran into uh, your time with little pizza talk, but I'll tell you what, uh, we're getting full here. Seat Concepts hey. co-owner Lyndon Smith. Lyndon, hope you had a good time. Uh, we did. Thank you, guys. Can't wait to see you again. Let's do it again, all right? All right, hour number two coming up next. It's a, it's a big hour. Richie Morris, Cole Townsend, and you. Stay tuned. This is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly.
Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes the newest addition is the v-line do-all vrm 340 a heavy duty off-road tire that is dot approved most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments it's v rubber and the tacky tires the choice of sherco off-road racers say when using a tacky it's almost like cheating it's v rubber Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back. Hour number two of the big program as we continue to munch on hot, delicious pizza in studio. Actually tying into a, uh, what, did, what, what did they say this was? Uh, Steve said it was a... Italian sandwich. With the, boy, There's olives on there. Uh, it's wonderful. Traditional uh, Italian wow. sandwich. And it's one of those flat rolls as opposed as opposed to a uh, a big bulbous lot of bread. Mm. And if good. you're a redneck, you call it Italian. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> look for them on, online at Pie 5 Pizza. It's craft pizza done correctly. It's fresh and fast. Pie 5 Pizza. Uh, and again, across the country, but also uh, our, our our primary location here in Iowa, Ankeny. Look for them on Sundays, uh, 11 to 9 p.m. So you can get your order in quickly. All right. want to thank our number one guests. Uh, we had a good, uh, good grouping there. Josh Hayes, Greg White, and Lyndon Smith. Smith talking seats. Um, coming up in our number two, this particular hour, we're going to go back a few years, about 12, 13 years ago. I think our second guest, correct me if I'm wrong, Tony, wasn't he uh, a sponsor of ours, one of our very first sponsors? Yeah, back when we were in, t- it was like 2003, we started this program. Uh, Mark and I went out to California and met with a bunch of people and, and we met with Cole Townsend and his partner and it was out of Cole's parents' spare bedroom in Long Beach Nice that they started this company and it's Fast Company. They did the, the spoke torque wrench and the flex handlebar system, which is pretty... I mean, you see them everywhere. You Stay see the flex there, handlebars. No, no. I, I was just picking up a bike just tonight and uh, the guy had 
three bikes in his garage with flex handlebars. And I, I said, hey. You bought another bike? Tony. <laughs> it's a new, brand new Honda. <laughs> a brand new, brand new Honda 450 bucks. from Storm Lake Honda for 6900 bucks. It's a brand new. 40, 450. 450? For 6900 bucks. Why would I not? I'll give you seven for it. Because I have two in the garage already? Not no, a good that's reason. Not, that's not a good enough reason. I'm going to need more. Exactly. You can never have too and many Honda 450s. Greg, Greg White was saying Honda and Kawasaki are contemplating uh, there return are rumors. To- there are rumors. Their return. They, there have been a number of rumors circulating. They may be wanting to return to Moto America's paddock. How many years are we going to say that Kawasaki is... There's a rumor that Kawasaki is going to go racing. Well, every year that it's How a many rumor. Years? It's it's a lot, yeah. We're we're <laughs> stacking up racing. to a lot. Come on, uh, you know that. The, but they have been in it before, so it's just been too long in all of our estimation. Um, in my lifetime, have they? No. Okay. No. You were. Yeah, it's you been a, a while. It's yeah. been a minute. You were a baby. Okay. All right. Let's awesome. go to our first guest hour number two. Richie Morris joins us. Richie, how are you? Hey guys, long time no talkie. Well, <laughs> we're just talking about a uh, Honda returning to AFT racing for the 2019 season. Uh, Bless man, you. This pizza is amazing. It's making me sneeze. I'm so sorry. Big news, though, for, for you guys and for yeah. Honda that to uh, come in and, and be involved in AFT. Pretty neat. Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. Uh, it's been quite a number of years since the uh, Stobert, Ricky Graham days, and uh, to have those guys back, have the Red Wing back in the paddock, it's pretty uh, – I'm honored as a team owner to have them with me. So how does it work? I mean, are you – um honda as we know off and on has uh, an american racing department are you directly involved with them like right from jump are you getting to have input on uh on the bike and stuff like that or how's it going uh in the opening year well we will uh you know we're uh learning a lot together those guys uh they've uh, been involved with me on the pro honda oil side for a couple of years and those guys have been coming out to the track and watching the growth of American Flat Track, and we're uh, we're we're growing pretty well, as you guys know. And uh, they felt it was a good year for them to jump in and uh, and help us out and help us out with some uh, technical stuff and go out there. And uh, we obviously hired uh, Mikey Rush to be the the factory rider for the Honda team and uh, the RMR Honda and. We feel like we got a chance to win a championship, and that's what it's all about, what we're trying to do. It just seems like there's a lot of guys that, uh, even on a local level, that go fly tracking that really like that Honda 450. Yeah, it's a good motorcycle. I mean, that's uh, it's it was the go-to bike uh, years ago, and uh, now I think the other manufacturers maybe have, have come in and flat track and, and – uh, it's going to be an interesting year. There's a lot of uh, manufacturers going to be up front in this singles class, and uh, I think it kind of reminds me of the good old days back uh, when all the factories were going at it and the road racing. Absolutely, and it's clearly, uh, I mean, it's easy for us to speculate from the sidelines, which we will be on watching these races, that Honda, yes, that's uh, they don't they don't want to be the only manufacturer that isn't out there. Uh, that's the long and the short of it, right? I mean, KTM is making big news, and it's another way to sell a motorcycle. Get your bike out there, get it in the front. Well, 
Well, you don't get much exposure just making a main event. You uh, you need to be up front, and that's what I, uh, we as a team, I, it's a funny story. Me and my team manager were sitting in a hotel room, and we were working on a press release, and we were trying to remember how many podiums we got in the last two years, and we neither one of us knew, but we knew how many wins we'd had. So that's all that matters. <laughs> you can remember that one right off the top of your head, even when you're <laughs> tired. Yeah, you know, you just you don't remember the second to the third. So, yeah, the Honda guys feel the same way. We're going out to try to win this thing. Richie, I, I, the, the flat track has... AFT has gained a lot of ground. I feel that they, they've they've definitely got a lot of momentum. Uh, and you go to a race, it's fun to watch. I mean, I went to uh, some last year and, and the year before. Um, the uh, the the fans. I, I think we're in a turnover of fans a little bit. You, I think some of the old timers are. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, it's it's weird that the. the uh, when you get on the social media, which that's the world we live in now, so it's re- you know if it's on social media, that is that is reality, unfortunately. But there's people that get on there and they say Honda announces that they're going racing in flat track and with with Richie Morris, and the comments aren't sweet, bitching. We got Honda in the in the program again. <laughs> Instead, it's I see a motocross bike. Why is there a motocross bike and AFT announcements? And it's like. Because that's what it's that's what it was that's born our, as. That's you, our class. That's yeah. our class, you idiot. And what do you think of that? I mean, what do you just you don't comment? You can't, but you'd never. It's, well, I, I did put a comment up there because uh, I appreciate the old school. You're right. The demographic it's it's two dimensional. We have the old school flat track guys, and God bless them. We 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 need them there. And then we have we, but we have to create new fans as well. And. Um, you know, it, and for an OEM like like Honda to be involved, uh, guess what? They try to win on Sunday to sell on Monday. You know, that still exists. And what's on social media is what they're trying to sell. And, um, you know, they don't really have a flat track bike for sale, but they have a 450 for sale. We made the announcement, and we felt that it would be appropriate that we show the public this is the bike that we turn into a flat tracker. So on that particular page, the next I put a picture of the bike in racetrack form the very next day. It took us simply overnight to do it. So it's uh, you have to put up with that a little bit, and that's okay. And uh, it's uh, it's just a changing world. And everyone has different viewpoints, and you can't you can't get involved in that stuff. I, uh, the big forest is not one tree. The big forest is Honda's back. Absolutely right, and it and it's great news for the paddock. It's great news for American Flat Track. It adds uh, depth uh, of the field. Uh, more what we all say, and Tony, you certainly have been a champion of it. We need more paid riders in this sport. You know, guys who aren't emptying theirs and their parents' bank accounts to get out and and compete. Exactly. So, Richie, there's my question for you as a team owner and the guy that that puts it all together and can and has the wherewithal to bring a factory effort, factory program to AFT, can the riders make any money doing this? Can the riders make a living racing motorcycles, going around in circles? Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's um, we've got a ways to go, but if you look backwards a couple of years, we've, we've, uh, we climbed a big mountain, and uh, we've got a, a, a program now where 
that the riders can make a decent living. And uh, we, we, with bringing uh, NBC and uh, Sports Network and all the TV coverage and then FansChoice.com, with all the coverage you get there that Alf supplies, uh, that's what helps with the sponsors and, and partners. It's, they just have to have impressions, whether it be social or TV or uh, live streaming. We, I, I saw somebody talking about uh, the, the hooligan, and they were they were whining about that. But the thing about the hooligans is they've got full time media people following them around. They're they're posting constantly on their social medias. It's a big deal for for anybody. And like you say, impressions is is that's a big deal. What kind of efforts does Honda ask of Richie Morris Racing? Is that is that part of the thing where, or maybe you just got a proven track record? But is that is that part of the package where, hey, we're going to go race, we're going to try to win some races, but in, but also we're going to we're going to have a story, and, and the backstory is, you know, uh, uh, whether it's Mikey Rush or, or or whatever, you know, there's a lot going on besides just just racing. Is that something you guys put a lot of value in, or spend a lot of time and, and money on? Well, it's today's world. Uh, I think you almost have to. Uh uh, we we will be announcing some uh, some other associate sponsors on our team, and and part of that package will be a, a video content for social, and uh, that's that's where your your younger demographic these days that's what they get up. They I think they wake up in the morning and look at their Instagram, and uh, it's just part of a new world, and we have to. Uh, in my opinion, we have to go after them all, and we can't just uh, sit back and think the way flat track was 30 years ago because um, you have to evolve a little bit. Uh, and I think that American Flat Track is doing that. We're trying to do the same at RMR and Honda. I actually don't have to even watch the news anymore because I have Facebook, and so <laughs> I get I get all my information there, and I know it's all true. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna want to buy the bridge i'm selling then later for sure well it's good news again we continue to say this is great news but the bike you guys race uh, yeah it's exciting for i think the fans uh particularly the new ones that we're talking about aft is really uh certainly setting out to get new fans having a bike that you can go out and build and actually race on i mean that's it's the beauty of Flat Trek, Tony. Uh, as you know, uh, I previously owned a Flat Trekker that I think is now yours. One of the mini Honda 450s that you own. Uh, it is in my garage. It is one of the mini 450s you own, but anybody can go out and do it. And it's it's a great sport and a lot of fun. And I hope we see a lot more amateurs. I mean, are you are you getting that vibe at all? The amateur Flat Trek around the country is in any way ticking up? Well, I think if the if the Premier Series is, is gaining legs and, and getting more attention in national broadcast uh, with everything that's happening, of course, that's going to create more interest at a younger level, at a more grassroots level. So uh, they have to train and they have to become riders somewhere. So I think it'll trickle down and really help. Uh, the whole idea is to help the younger generations uh, appreciate and love a motorcycle as opposed to a device. Richie Morris is our guest, and Richie, I haven't I haven't said this publicly on on the show before now, but uh, Daytona is coming up really quickly, and the uh, the 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 paved section. Um, I have some real concerns on that, and and maybe it's going to be okay, but I I think they're 
I think it's going to be a lot of fun for us to watch as fans, but I'm not sure what it's going to be like for a racer. Have you guys had some conversation about that? Oh, absolutely. And, um, I think it's, uh, these guys are flat trackers. They're, uh, they're used to racing on dirt. It, I, I guess if you, if you reverse that and I come from the road race background, if, if they put a dirt section in a road course, that, yeah, that'd be a little sketchy, but that's called construction. These guys are, they're, they're used <laughs> to, uh, they're used to losing the front. They're used to having the, you know, backing it in. So, uh, it's going to be a little different at Daytona. I think uh, you're going to see a lot more front brakes than you normally would see. And then uh, it's going to be a, the transition would be uh, maybe a separation from the people that have had some maybe super motard experience, something like that. But it's going to be very interesting. I think it's a good addition. Why, you know, you, we were racing out in the parking lot a couple of years ago. Now we're in the tri-oval. Now we're on the high bank. So, I think it's a good direction. Speaking of Supermoto, what do you think of Jeff Ward coming back and going racing? <laughs> How cool, huh? Hey, Jeff's an old buddy of mine. I'm glad to see him come out. I hope he has a good time. I, I, can a guy, can a 182-year-old racer, hey, hey, hey. 55-year-old racer, whatever he is, can he be competitive? <laughs> and if he is, what does that say? Does that say he's a superhero? Or does that say that the talent level is... I mean, I've seen, I've heard every theory, you know, like the talent, if, if he comes out and is, is competitive at all, that says terrible things about flat track. Or it just says, holy cow, that guy's, a, you know, he's an animal. He's always in great shape and, and you know, he's, he's a very talented motorcycle racer. What are your thoughts? You think he's going to be able to do anything? I know Jeff has got a lot of good experience and I know he's great. Um, I, I, I've said this a lot of time myself. The motorcycle doesn't know how old the person is on it, but the ground does. And uh, so I just hope that, that nothing like that happens. And uh, But it will definitely be an addition to the sport that, you know, he'll bring a lot of eyeballs that, that follow him. The hell, the guy's done everything. So it's just, I think it's cool. Everything. Uh, and well, not just done it, right. done it really, exactly. really well. I mean, his, his performances exactly. in Supermoto after an awesome motocross career, his performance in Supermoto, every time he went out and raced, I was blown away by how fast the dude was. Just blown away. I and, miss Supermoto. I think, I think that well. was neat. I think it was a, it was a cool series, well. and, and, I, and I think that... Uh, I don't think it's totally gone yet, but it's in transition, it's right? It's in transition. Supermoto's done. When Mickey Diamond and those guys were racing, that was yeah. the coolest, man, because oh. those guys were my heroes, and then and they Ward came back. And Troy Herfoss. There's a lot of, there was a lot of talent um, out, out on that track, those tracks. What do you think about, uh, as the team owner, interesting point about Daytona, yes, the I think the riders aren't going to have a problem with the surface at all. Uh, clearly, they can they can deal with no traction. Adding traction is never going to be a problem for a flat tracker, I don't think. How about tire wear? Does that does it change appreciably oh, wow. at all? You know, because the tires are made for a dirt track. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think you're going to see any more tire wear than uh, say it like a Springfield Mile when you're carrying all that speed through the corner. And uh, so, you know, you're talking about two places on the track, basically, straight away. That they're going to have the, that's, you know, the tri-oval, that, what, 18 degrees, I believe. It's, I mean, you're up on the meat of the tire. You're, uh, so I, uh, 
I don't think there'll be any. I'm sure Dunlop looked at that. What's the entrance, though? They'll probably though? have us run a hard one. What's the entrance hard and the exit to the different surface like? I mean, that can be a bit of a bump, or is it prepared? You know, is there an angle up to it, or how does, how are they addressing that? I uh, I can't speak for the for the guys that are prepping the track, but uh, my guess is, uh, you know, I know a little bit about that track and that the, it the banking goes down to a flat apron. So I'm assuming they're probably going to gradual that, that, uh, where the apron meets the racetrack. They'll probably just fill that in with dirt and okay. then have a gradual transition. That'd be my guess, but I, I can't speak for those guys. Or if they want it really, really challenging, they make it a hell of a bump. Yeah. Well, it's, and you, <laughs> and you see it in, in the road race, in right? the, in the 200 and any road race at Daytona, the transition from the banking and having been an amateur racer and raced at a NASCAR track, Nashville, the transition from uh, from even on the straightaway, you swear it's got to be flat. It's nowhere near flat on the straightaway. And you, it's and a pretty serious bank. You don't want a series like a, you know, like a washboard, you know, where you get that chatter and and control issue. But that also adds wear. And I thought that interesting. You brought up the wear of the tires. What does that do? And I think that. You know, it's something obviously they're going to look at, uh, but I think the proof will be in the pudding, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm sure they're going to do a little testing down there, and uh, Dunlop probably will, but it, it, that's not a major concern. You know, it's, uh, if you were going down the back stretch doing some stuff like that. but uh, Overheating one of those tires. Yeah, I think we're fine. Richard, just a question. Have you ever uh, had any of your pictures mounted to the fly wall? Uh, at Fly Racing. <laughs> Here comes the sponsor plug, Richie. Go ahead. Just say just, yes or no. Just roll with it, buddy. Not that I, you know of? I, uh, I probably not. Well, here's what you can do now. Fly Racing loves to share photos of its fans and racers. That's why they've created the Fly Wall, Richie. So it's a fun way okay. for Fly Racing fans to share their photos on Fly Racing website. Simply head over to flyracing.com, uh, click on submit or post a pic. They will tell you if it's cool, and then they will also post it if it is indeed cool. It's flyracing.com. There we go. Now back to you. None of my pictures have been posted, by the way. Well, uh, not there's cool, a reason I guess. for that. Well, yeah. I'm not a – yeah. Richie, we want to wish you the best of luck uh, this year, and, and uh, obviously we want to uh, invite your rider to come and join us. I mean, he's been uh, been around the sport a long time, so it would be good to have his take on being part of the factory effort no with doubt. Honda. And, and then uh, we're only, what, 20-some days away? Yeah, it's coming up quick, uh, but Mikey said he would be on next week for you guys. Oh, perfect. Hey. Well, send to send us uh, some stickers, will you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Appreciate you, guys. When I was a kid, weren't you like that, Richie? I mean, didn't you like stickers oh, yeah. and patches and stuff? I still like stickers. Yeah. Me too. Richard Petty STP stickers. Hello. Oh, oh yeah, I've got a, the, I've got an STP bomb. story. Jack, back off the uh, back off the tunes just for a second. I wrote to Andy Granatelli right after Parnelli Jones won. What was it, sixty eight, sixty nine, uh, Indy five hundred? And I wrote to Andy Granatelli because I thought he owned the company, and that's how he played himself off to the general public. Apparently, the actual people that owned STP didn't appreciate it, which is why he stopped working there after a fashion. But <laughs> I wrote to him in a, in a you know childish pencil on line paper, uh, but it was rather extensive. You know, I admitted my father did not sell STP, but perhaps we could turn him into a customer if, in fact, his son had 
some SDP stickers. So he didn't just send me a sticker. He sent me a case, a carton of oval round packs, packs of 50, which I took to school and sold. Okay, for first business, good call. Two bucks a pack. I sold enough stickers, packs of stickers, to not only get a complaint from the principal and the building engineer because they were everywhere, but also I made enough to buy a uh, an SDP red Schwinn Latour that I uh, rode across Iowa not once but twice that heavy bike. But I will tell you, the letter he wrote to me was incredible he sent me one decal one sticker of parnelli jones standing in front of the car okay and the indy 500 times that you know he was on the cover with parnelli jones uh after that win i just thought that was pretty cool for a guy of that stature who thought he owned sdp to take the time to to try to help me turn my father into an sdp customer he stuck with wins by the way um (laughs) those ovals or what they weren't ovals but rectangular long uh but pretty colors i thought purple looked good and uh, stp has always had a great place in my heart for all these years because of what andy granatelli and those stp ovals uh did for me in my youth so there you go yeah. good my- stuff i i can remember my uh my first bike was a honda mini trail 50 so i feel like i've come full circle as well so <laughs> it's good to be back in, uh, which one did what, what color did you have the blue okay the blue one yeah we had the red <laughs> and then we also had a blue neighbor actually had the blues yeah. those oh, are good little yeah, bikes we're showing our age yeah, yeah they're cool bikes all right well jack is saying uh what are you saying jack you're gonna be a cowboy and you're winding it's time up. to go oh okay uh it's hard to understand after all these years jack all right uh, thank you so much appreciate you joining us richie best of you in the squad we'll look forward to your rider on the show next week and of course uh, american honda returning aft racing with the 2019 season through richie morris racing always a pleasure to talk to richie mikey Rush going to be uh, on next week's show. We understand that'll be cool. Coming up next, Cole Townsend is going to be joining us. He's the owner of Fast Company and Flex Handlebars. We had him on years and years and years ago for a long time, actually. And uh, we're looking forward to his return, even if only as a guest. We'll talk to him about the growth of his company and his partner, Chris Tidwell. That's after the break. Stay tuned. This is America's Motor Racing uh, Podcast and Radio Program. It's Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. What's up, guys? This is Jay Sowen, Arena Cross Superstar. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes the newest addition is the v-line do-all vrm 340 a heavy duty off-road tire that is dot approved most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments it's v rubber and the tacky tires the choice of sherco off-road racers say when using a tacky it's almost like cheating it's v rubber (laughs) 
With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. It's a fact. The best you've ridden is the best you know. Until you've ridden Racetech suspension, you haven't experienced the best suspension possible. Racetech is the science of suspension for ATV and UTVs, motocross, freestyle, and stunning, off-road, supermoto, road race, sport bikes, cruisers, touring, and vintage bikes, as well as adventure riding. With gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our G3S Custom Series shocks, you too can have the Racetech suspension advantage, and it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not dress Drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the Daly on family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The Daly Ons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the Daly Ons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack Daly on Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. Hi, I'm uh, David Vuderman, the world-famous gun rider, and you're listening to Peace Pass Motor Racing Weekly. I think that's my last bite of the delicious pie five pizza. I'm over it. Steve Roberts, thank you so much for bringing it in, brother. If you haven't got your pizza ordered for Sunday. What's it called? Five pie? Pie High. five. High pie. five or pie five? Pie five. P-I-E, pie. I got and it. And then the uh, word five all spelled out with all letters. I got it now. Pie five. Got it. And then uh, pizza. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's Pretty so good, good stuff, actually. Yeah. The wings are good, too. Uh, it's right on my diet. Good thing I did. F- I burned 1,400 calories this morning mm-hmm. before 6 o'clock. See, that'll teach you to get up before 6, because if you'd waited till 7, it would have been like 12. Wouldn't have had to burn Get your shovel out, you can burn a bunch more, because we're about to get dumped on. Yeah, sort of here. Tony will get into a skid loader, and uh, 
I'm out, I'm over that too. I'm in the, I'm in the truck. <laughs> oh no, okay. heated seats. The we are expecting more snow overnight. Uh, it's supposed to start at about when we get off the air, Jack. So uh, everybody, hurry home. Yeah, and they're still talking about possibly eight to ten. Load I've up, heard I've to, heard anywhere from fifteen to twenty. You need to load up on your pizza. You need to load up on your Chinese food. All your get your cases of pop, oh. your Coke, your Pepsi. You need all to that. get all your bread, oh, all the, your milk. The other thing eggs. you need. Everything you're going to need to load up tonight yeah. on your way home. Empty the I bought, stores. I bought a new 450 Honda this afternoon just in case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be filled wow. with gas in the back of my truck. Don't want to be caught without one. I saw it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think it's still there. I hope <laughs> that it was is. great. It's not service. That's the first thing I don't do is service anything I buy because I assume it's already been done. This was on. How many hours had this bike been ridden before you bought it? This it's Honda. brand new. Oh, I thought he's. I thought you said he had ridden it some, but no, no. no. It's a brand so new literally, fresh, crate fresh. Sixty nine hundred bucks for a brand new Honda. What, what do they retail? I, if I was to go up Storm Lake Honda, what am I going to pay? I have no idea. Sixty nine hundred bucks. That's what I just paid. It's no, the first motorcycle that, I've purchased for the asking price. Not true, actually. <laughs> uh, this is the first motorcycle I've pur- purchased in February. There you go. <laughs> wow. Wait, you don't want to say things that you could be. Tony has more motorcycles than the, most dealers. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, fair. I, I got more stuff in stock than more deal- most dealers. And, that's and did the you, truth. Did you see one of your old bikes made its way up to Wisconsin this past weekend for that motorcycle show? Uh, my yeah, the, the uh, old ZXR was sitting loud and proud at the one bike show or at whatever. the Mama Tried Mama show. Tried show. Sorry, not the one. That was the one. I up thought it was Mama Cried. Nope, Mama Tried with the hooligan race and everything looked like a great time. A bunch of my friends were there, and yeah, your old bike looking good. So I gave it to Jeff Roy, who's Church of Choppers. Yep. WCO, he uh, he owns. Did his magic on it? Did he auction it off? It's pretty sweet. No. no, no, he doesn't auction anything. He takes beautiful pictures, builds beautiful bikes, and then waits for a rich guy to call and say, "I can't live without it." And that's how that Brad happens. Brad Pitt supposedly bought a bike that's, off him. That was years ago. One of his uh, Harley Davidson base bikes. Well, and he needs to because now he and apparently Jennifer are back together again. Who? Jennifer Anderson. <laughs> we, the motorcycles was the reason we were talking about Right. It. Anyway, uh, well, it's hard not to talk about Jennifer Aniston, but I will tell you this. If you missed any part of our number one or any part of our show, you can always catch it online at uh, pitpassmoto.com or on our, uh, uh, our app. And you can get the app. Tony, where can you get the app? In your Play Store. Or iTunes. Apple Store. I, yeah, iTunes Store. Or the uh, Yeah, App Store. Clearly, it's on the... Uh, the app store on the script oh, i was texting my friends oh sorry okay i don't have any friends but i was yeah this is a stretch you're responding hey i'm excited to get to our next guest would you please um this guy was with us so many years ago it was back when it was just called fat company and now it's it's a uh, it's fully fast and he joins us now this cole townsend cole welcome home brother where you been good to be back just freezing here in utah and how is it freezing is it cold Oh, yeah, it sounds like our weather's just like yours right now, dumping, and uh, going to snow again later this week, so we're escaping to California to go moto. Well, welcome Sweet. back, and let me just be on record as saying thank you very much for being one of those that that uh, advertised with us early and often, uh, but uh, it was very cool, and maybe one day we'll be able to endorse you guys and sell Fast Company and Flex Handlebars yet again, but it, are you and your partner Chris still together? Yep, doing awesome. Uh, everybody moved from California to Utah in 2010 and 12, and we love it out here. We have a 
exceptional building that we can ride and, and test right out of. We got a CrossFit gym in there, so wow. we often have have guys come ride and train out of the shop, and it's a dream come true. What precipitated the move? I mean, that's pretty drastic. Let's face it; you're going from a a, a, a state that hardly recognizes religion to one that is based on religion. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> totally opposite. Yeah, uh, it's it really is. Exceptional business environment. We get to, you know, be outside, recreate, you know, recreations at the end of our street or like literally right out our driveway. You can go roost or go pedal. Um, there's so much to do here and you're not, you know, landlocked in a concrete jungle. So um, it's good. You know, our kids are out and about all the time and they can be out here. You know, we're in California. They can't be. Um, it's just, it's, it's an amazing place. Like we love being in Utah. And do you get, have you been out to uh, as Moto fans? Uh, you know, you've got Speed Week happens once a year. That's got to be pretty insanely cool. At Bonneville, yeah, yeah. We're usually I think that's like in August, so that's more like Loretta's for us or something Moto wise. I mean, we're still busy racing as. My, my boys race, so that keeps us really busy. Like, if we're not working, we're racing. And um, it's uh, – so we haven't been to Bonneville, but that's that should be on the list maybe, you know. Well, maybe. you can't you can't miss Loretta's. I hear you there. I didn't realize they, can, they collided. You can't miss that sweaty, stale, uh, really, really humid yeah. <laughs> Tennessee weather in August. I mean, nothing better. Nothing right? really is I'm better. A, I'm actually – Cole, I'm actually – Headed to a qualifier Thursday. I'm leaving for Ponca City. I'm going to go down and race South Central, and which the the regional is at Kevin Wyndham's farm in uh, awesome. like May, I think, or June or something. But um, I'm a little scared of Millville, so um, I which is my region. So I'm I'm right, and it's and Kevin's is like the week or two before Millville. So the the plan is is to hopefully go down there and qualify and. And I'll I'll race my local here as a backup. So if I do have to go to Millville, and I'll I'll probably wimp out when I get there. But I just uh, I've cartwheeled down them hills plenty of times. And Chad Reed skying through the air, trying to roll the winders up backwards. You know, ejecting right. off. And I know people that have also done that, and they didn't fare as well as Chad Reed because they're not superhero. But um, yeah, that place kind of scares me a little bit. So that's my plan. I'm going to go do that and heading down this weekend. Um, the weather's not going to be as good as it sounds like it's going to be in in uh, California. Where are you guys headed this weekend? We're heading all the way to Hangtown, so ten plus hour drive. But it's a dual dual area, so knock out the Midwest and Northwest, and you know one step closer. And then next week we got our Southwest qualifiers, so button areas up right away and move forward from there. Your son's already, you said your son's been racing uh, Loretta's? Yeah, I got two sons. One's been twice and one's been once. And last year they were both hurt, but it's been a long year for, 18 was a long year for us. But it's good. They love moto. I mean, I literally just got home from taking them riding. And it's uh, such an awesome sport for, for the any for kids, you know, families, whatever. They just learn so much and uh, so self-reliant and, tough mentally and physically so you know all the great things that make good men cool i i want to talk about supercross a little bit but before we do can we talk about your company and and uh the, the handlebar system how they've evolved over the years and and uh, the technology that goes into it because there's a lot to it i know 
Yeah, yep. We're always working on the next thing, you know, and our, our current handlebar looks really similar to our initial release, but internally and dimensionally, it's just drastically different, and we just continue to, to build it out of different and better materials, um, you know, different elastomer technology. We have a fiber pivot bushing we developed for the pivot points. Um, it's the, the, the fiber bushing actually has memory as well as reduces vibration and friction. So um, our, our focus really is, you know, having a traditional feel to all our components while, uh, while absorbing abuse. So for our flex handlebars, we're precise in the steer path but we're forgiving in near the load path as a suspension. So it maintains traditional input and feel and characteristic while still being able to absorb abuse, which is pretty much we're the only ones that can truly do that. Um, so when you ride a properly set up flex handlebar, you don't realize it's working until you go ride a traditional bar again. It's just smoothing everything out. It acts like a traditional handlebar. Um, but, it, man, it's really making it so you can ride harder, race harder, ride longer and then when you go back to work on monday you're not as fatigued and pained and um it's it's a it's a big difference the more time you ride it the bigger difference it it makes for you as well because it kind of reprograms your mental conditioning on what you expect to happen when you hit certain things so it's it's uh we love it it's a labor of love we love helping riders i mean every day we're we spend you know countless hours on the phone with guys getting dialed in so it's super fun I, had, I just picked up a, a new 450. You probably heard us talking about it. And uh, a yeah. buddy of mine brought it down from the bike shop because they're like three hours away. And and uh, it was in his trailer, and I opened it up, and he had like between his garage and his trailer, he had like three bikes that had flex handlebars on them. And I, I was like, hey, we're going to talk to the guy that, that started that company tonight. You know, and the guy, I'm sure my buddies yeah. probably didn't believe me or whatever, but. Um, it's it's probably staggering the amount of handlebars that you guys sell nationwide or even worldwide. Yeah, we do. The the really uh, surprising thing is just how many how long they're in existence. I mean, we have guys calling that have bars from two thousand three, two thousand four in the rise. You know, two thousand eighteen or nineteen bike. They just keep putting them on the next bike, the next bike, the next bike, which isn't necessarily great for business, but it's really great for the customer and a real testament to the integrity of the product. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a, it's a big thing, man. I mean, the, our bars are, they stay in rotation for years and years and years. Um, I was reading, you know, I, I told you that I've been, I've been, uh, getting ready to race the Baja and, uh, you know, you and I talked about this, but the, the thousand is something I want to tackle on my own in 2020. And <clears throat> I've been reading, um, articles about other guys that have done it and the guy that won it i think it was last year um his name it's uh jeff benrood or benrood he's he's like a he's he's not a navy seal but he's some kind of a like a a veteran like uh like a hard dude you know he's like a a Green beret Uh, or a ranger or something i'm trying to think what he is but he's he's uh but but one of the things that's stuck out as he had flex handlebars on his bike um so i know that it's it's viable in in baja i see a lot of off-road guys run it what's your what's your your bread and butter as far as a customer goes who buys your your handlebars i mean i i know a lot of different genres of motorcycles racers and riders and, and weekend warriors use them but who's the guy where you say you, you really got to have them for this 
Man, if you're riding off-road or moto, if you give them a chance, you're going to be stoked on them. I mean, primarily we target off-road guys just because they're on the bike longer or they're more open to it, where it's less driven by marketing. You know, we don't have the budget of, of the big handlebar brands to really compete marketing-wise. So we just, we're really driven by word of mouth and customer experience and things that we have a direct effect on. So that just is a little easier market from for off-road because it's just a different environment than Moto. But, I mean, we've won a arena cross championship with Josh and Muse. Um, we have a lot of privateers that, that, you know, make main events, qualify for nationals. Um, we have some really standout amateur kids. Obviously, off-road, you know, we have Stuart Baylor who, man, I mean, that guy, it's hard to find anybody more impressive on a motorcycle than him. You know, he's just amazing in whatever he does. To veterans like Destry Abbott and Sun Cooper, who's just killing it. So we're we're just widespread across the board, man. If you're off road or moto on two wheels, and you give us a chance, you're gonna love the bars. The bars are are tunable through different elastomers, so you can control how soft or stiff it is. Um, they're really easy to fine tune, and just it, you, the, we're always here to help as well. So if you need help dialing them in, we're we're happy to do so. So you know, we set them up for Supercross where they're super stiff and they're absorbing those catastrophic impacts like facing or casing a jump where you spread that load over a greater period of time, but also take absorbing those really sharp edge, square edges on the whoops to, you know, where off-road we're running them softer where you're charging braking bumps, rough sections, rock roots, and stuff like that. You're just, we're taking, we take your hands, elbows, wrists, we, we make that a non-issue, you know, where you're no longer thinking about them. And what about, uh, you said you've got customers clearly that have, bars that are approaching teenagers and uh yeah. teenage years in uh use how do they fare in uh you know traditional off-road dirt bike crashes uh motorcycling uh you know off-road incidents because that's what kills my bars anyway i don't bend handlebars yeah. anymore you don't crash anymore tony i, I mean with uh, your level of experience i expect zero crashes <laughs> well that's pretty close to what you're getting with me i just taper i just i just Click it right down to just to the point where I'm. I know I'm never going to tip over because that sucks. So I'm right, good, right. right? Yeah, yeah. Now our structural integrity is really, really good. If on the rare chance you do damage the bar, we have a fifty percent off warranty program, so that that gets you back on a brand new bar and um, and you're rolling. So uh, wow, that would be uh, that's that's an impressive offer. That's not that's unheard of. Yeah, it was just one of those things we did early on because especially early on you know people just really felt it was a risk to try us and we're 100 percent american made so it, it's a significant expense to build that bar and uh but because of that expense you know the the rider spends so long on it you know you it's uh they're riding it year after year after year so we've we implemented that warranty program in probably 2004 and it's just we we're our customers, you know, we ride, we race, we crash, we do whatever. And, you know, anything we can do to help keep our customers rolling is just, that's, we put our customers first and it makes it fun. I mean, we have such long relationships with our customers and, um, you know, you see guys year after year, they call in year after year and it's, uh, it's, it's how we like to do business. It makes it enjoyable. Okay. So Cole, I want to, I want to Jack, if we can go through the break, just, if we can just push it back or, or maybe we'll make it up next time or something. But I want to talk about uh, Supercross. You and I were talking about it off air, Cole, and, and uh, earlier today, and we have been here in the studio. Um, 
Ken Roxon and Cooper Webb, what a race. Did you ever imagine Cooper Webb would come from behind to end up passing and 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 last turn? Not even it was even after the last turn. Within the last three feet, he won that race. Can you believe it? It, it is uh, unbelievable for sure. What a race. How awesome this year is. I mean, it's so fun to watch those guys battle and I, I don't I definitely wasn't thinking Webb was gonna come that far up and at one point, it looked like he wasn't really making any time when he was maybe third or fourth. It kind of stalled out for a while. Uh, but I love seeing Webb win. That's super cool. Uh, I would love to see Roxon win. I mean, coming back after all he has. And he's actually kind of a local boy here in southern Utah as he's married to Courtney Savage, who grew up here in St. George, literally like probably a quarter mile from where our shop is. It's And Blake Savage is her brother, who was Ken's trainer and, just a beast, a beast of a guy, you know, super, super fit and good rider and whatnot. So it's a lot of Southern Utah is cheering hard for Ken Roxton. And it was, it's not an if uh, he's going to win, it's it's when. He's clearly right there. He's going to win races this season. It feels like if at this point, you know, he's been so close and, man, it's got to be heartbreaking and it's, well, It'll be awesome when he does break through. What happened with uh, Roxon's trainer? Did he get hurt? Yeah, so he was Blake Savage. He was a he had a national number. He was a good off road guy, good amateur moto guy, super good pro. I think he was thirteenth one year nationals before he got hurt in two fifty nationals privateer. Like he's he's a really really good rider in tremendous shape. Super awesome dude. Like I just every time you see him, he's just a good dude. So. Um, he crashed at Mesquite on the Supercross track riding with um, Boxing from what I believe and just, I don't know, out there training and just so unfortunate, I mean, to make your way, you know, basically out of racing, you know, for a living and then get hurt like this. But um, looks like he's doing pretty good, uh, you know, prayers for sure to, that he makes a full recovery. But it looks like he's he's a hard worker. He's in super good shape. So best case scenario, I think, for for getting full mobility back. So it's a, it's a, it's a serious one that he's, he's a spinal cord injury or, or, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'd heard, yeah. but I didn't know. And that's yeah, gotta, I, you know, that's gotta be hard for Ken as his training partner and, and his, his trainer. And, and, you know, to see a guy go through that, I mean, Ken's, Ken's no stranger to injuries. He's had, he's had some serious ones and, and uh, honestly, Cole, I, I never believed that Ken Roxon would be able to accomplish what he has since that those those injuries. And I, I never imagined that he – I thought, you know, he might come back and, and challenge for a win at some point. But up until the last three feet of this last race in Arlington, he was the points leader, you know. So, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, and I know he's disappointed. But, man, it's it's just incredible what these two guys are doing. And, and, uh, and, and Cooper Webb, he's – you know, I I like Cooper Webb. I you know everybody. Some people say he's cocky. I I like that. I think that it's it shows that you're confident and you're putting the work in and you have a reason to be. And um, you know, and there's and there's other situations in racing that we're t- we've been talking about, like Tyler Bowers running into the side of Barsha. Uh, Barsha. What do you think of that? I think that's I have an I have I and I did I did reach out to. Uh, Bowers, but I never got I never got back to him. So he never got back to me. So I don't know. It's weird. I had an old number for 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 Tyler, 
And I texted him. I said, hey, I can't believe that. They DQ'd you. You want to do the interview? It was the most random thing. So whoever has his old phone number said, I know. It's crazy. I'd be glad to come on the show. And, they, <laughs> and but it wasn't him. <laughs> no. So today I'm getting my coffee and I'm like, hey, man, don't forget about your interview. You know, and he's like, hey, I got to confess. I'm only a novice writer. And I go, what do you tell? Why? And I thought Bowers is screwing with me, you know, and, and he goes, no, this I got his old number. I'm like, you're a jerk. So I. So Cole actually sent me his the the current number, but I didn't, I didn't get a hold of him. But uh, that's you, funny. Yeah. What are your thoughts of that on him getting DQ'd for hitting Barsha, which was was absolute payback for what Barsha did when he actually broke Tyler Bowers' leg at a previous race. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at the takeout with Oldenburg and Alex Martin. I mean, if you're not going to do anything about that, how are you going to do something about Bowers? Yeah, maybe payback or whatever, but. Why is it when, you know, the guy who pays back for the thing that the second time always gets penalized so heavily? And, um, you know, with Barsha and Bowers, you live by the sword and die by the sword. I think they should have just left it on the track and, you know, gone from there. I, I don't. What, what a price for him to pay. I mean, getting there on his own dime, not making any money, it, you know, the, the detriment to his sponsors. Like, I could, you know, feasibly cut his travel costs for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's the that is the unfortunate part. He's clearly been hanging on to a grudge. It uh showed up and uh yeah, he made the bed. He's going to have to lie in it now. Um hopeful, we're hopeful that it doesn't negatively impact his season, but you're right. It's a business and uh gosh, yeah. It's it's unfortunate, but we all know why it yeah. happened. <laughs> I, I think yeah. it's crap. Honestly, I I think that that Gallagher and crew have been inconsistent in their calls, and yeah. I've got I've got examples from way back when we were running the Tyloo team, and Villapoto um, pulled off the track and kicked Matt Bonney on his way up the tunnel. And of course, if you remember Matt Bonney, I wouldn't want yeah. to scrap with the guy. You know, he's built like a swimmer, sure. only with broad shoulders. And he he, dude, I'm telling you, this guy's. If I, you know, if I wanted to look like one of the racers, I'd want to look like Matt Bonney because he's a bad, he's bad, he's pretty bad dude looking, you know. And he grabs a hold of Villapoto, and he he's lucky. Villapoto's lucky he didn't twist him up. Villapoto's pissed because he didn't make the main event, and it wasn't Bonney's fault either, though. I mean, it was just you know. So he comes up, kicks him. Bonney just about rings his neck. Who do you think they're mad at? The factory support racer right. or the privateer? Yeah, the privateer. You're right, Scott. Good yep. guess. Good guess. Yeah. So inconsistent judge rulings. It's it's you don't want to see it. In, it needs to be consistent. It used to be a thing in our road racing world. It used to be a really big thing. The inconsistent, and they've really addressed it. Did uh, was the Oldenburg Martin takeout before Bowers too? I think it was. Wasn't that in the heat race? So literally, the probably the race before that went down. Exactly, and then and, and then even showed that on the TV when when he took Martin down. What I mean. How do right. you how do you disqualify one person and then nothing's issued for the other guy? It's natural selection. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like the cheetah and the. I mean, is it karma for Bowers being a bully in in arena cross for four years, five years, or is yeah, it careful? Remember when he didn't like you? It was you. He didn't. Like. Oh right, <laughs> it was me. Maybe it's neither one of us. I didn't ever get a hold of him. That's I did true. get a hold of his his. Uh, Jack, bring up uh, Tyler Bowers on the. Uh, on the hotline, would you please? Yeah. No? Okay. The ironic thing is this will be on the highlights for the next year. You know, they'll play that up all day long. 
yet they're going to DQ him and, you know, just take his opportunity to make a living away for the weekend. It's, uh, I, I think if you DQ somebody or there's repercussions, then you don't get then Fell doesn't get to use that for the highlight reel. Well, Tony, you were uh, on the that's highlight a, reel that's when a you were very wearing good, that giant that's bear a very good outfit, point, weren't you? Cool. Weren't you uh, when you were wearing the giant bear outfit? That was a kiss cam. That was a different deal, man. Different deal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Cole. Um, let's give them the website uh, where people can uh, where people can find your product, uh, where they can get a hold of you. Cats out in Utah. Yeah, fastco.com, F-A-S-S-T-C-O.com, or check us out on Instagram or Facebook. We'd love to hear from you guys and uh, and help you out. Do you take phone calls as well, or just uh, just? Oh, the, yeah. Okay. Oh, we love, no, huge on phone calls. Call us. We prefer to talk to you on the phone, but if you want to send us a message, you want to email us, whatever, whatever your preferred communication is, we're there for you. I like smoke signals. Do you? Mm-hmm. I, was, I would have thought that went out with Elizabeth Warren. Oh, <laughs> wow. Current day politics right there. She's not, she's not welcome in Utah. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> the reason, hey, yeah. It's weird that just me and our guests know what the hell I'm talking about. Oh, I know who she is. Oh, do you? She's the, 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 uh, the really smart, uh, Oh no, she's not. Poli- <laughs> no, do you, she's Annette? just elected in. Now you're instigating. <laughs> <laughs> Cole, we love you, brother. Best to everybody. Okay. Thanks, guys. It was fun. There we go. And that's what we intend the entire program to be. To be fun. We fell short fun. for a while there, but I did get fed. Well, there was the 11-year period. <laughs> I thought we had a good time, even through the meal. <laughs> even through the meal, we were having a pretty good time. Yeah. All right, uh, Jack, do we have to do a commercial break? No, you were able to take care of that. Well, very good. Um, first of all, what did we learn? Uh, let's start with Josh Hayes. What did we learn from Josh Hayes? Tony? That he is not done racing. Okay, you're not Tony. Uh, Tony, your thoughts? Um, I th- I think it's going to be interesting to see what he can do at the 200 on uh, his wife's program, and uh, he he made it clear that he's hoping that she can she can j- drum up enough business to, to, to make have him a, a ride all year. Well, he credit, said not him three he, times. Yeah, you know he kept saying that if he if he goes out and kills it, who else is going to get the seat? <laughs> exactly. He clearly wants to go racing. I bet he's, she drives home. He has all but told us. Yeah, I've as a married man. This is fraught with danger. I cannot. Oh, man. I mean. Like a rhythm section. If you don't win, you're going to be hearing about it forever. Forever he's going to hear about it from her. That's a weird deal. Can you imagine being (laughs) in that situation I can imagine it, and I wouldn't want to be there. I know my wife's an attorney. I do not want her. I do not want to be beholden to her for something like, well, I wrote the paycheck today, and you didn't do your job. I was going to say, no wonder you keep going to Barber. Hmm. You know, when you go to Barber, shouldn't you rightfully get a free haircut? Oh, maybe. At Barber. Well, it's see, in one. the South, it's uh, it's it's a dairy company. It's uh, it's our, their version of A&E. Is it really? Absolutely. Barber is the Alabama State Dairy Family. And is it also- That's where their money make, came from. Do they make great chocolate milk? They do. And Whoa. ice cream, you go anywhere in Alabama and you get ice cream, and you're getting Barber ice That's cream. That's what I'm talking about. That, of course, PJ Duran, Tony Wink in the studio, Scott Casper. Our producers on this very program have been Jack and Leon DeLeon. Our contributors include Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Albertson. For everybody at Evergreen Podcast, Thanks for listening to this week's edition of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. We'll talk to you next week. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. Are you?
you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast.